Uh, I don't think I can hear you anymore. Can you still hear him? Fagan? No, I can't. Okay. We lost you, Anthony. <laughs> I thought maybe it was just, oh, now he's gone completely. Oh, no. We lost him. <laughs> he didn't like the question, I guess. He <laughs> was like, no. Welcome to, conversely, the show that's like a time machine for your ears, where you will be listening in our future to a conversation that was recorded in your past by the people who are present right now. And by present, I mean virtually present, because we're actually all in different places. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm excited to introduce you to my guest for today. First up, Fega Horesh, uh, who is a public historian, a tour guide, a writer, and a podcaster. Uh, why don't you tell us about your podcast? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my podcast is Delisters of History. We talk about interesting people you probably didn't learn about in school. Um, we bring in experts or just history enthusiasts. <laughs> um, and they, we just kind of explore the history space with in spaces that usually aren't covered in typical history educational things. So, like, who's who's the most recent person you've talked about that people wouldn't know? Uh, our most recent episode was Daniel of Beckles, who was a. Um, actually, we don't know who he was. That's part of the thing with Daniel of Beckles, but he is attributed with writing uh, the first courtesy text in England. It was written in Latin, but it was written in England. Um, and I interviewed uh, Daniel Sibolsky, I think is how you say her last name. Uh, she just wrote a book about medieval manners. And so we talked about Daniel of Beckles. Cool. Cool. I've never heard of Daniel of Beckles. So yeah, you were, you were correct. It's a person I've never heard it. of. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then next up, we have Anthony Lavopa. Anthony is an active duty U.S. Naval officer and leadership coach with over 15 years of military service, including command of a U.S. Navy warship. So that sounds very impressive. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it, I mean, it was a blast. Honestly, uh, c commanding a ship is, is uh, an incredible honor, and uh, it's an incredible amount of trust given, given to uh, captains. But uh, the crew that I had was phenomenal, and uh, it was, it was the, the best experience professionally that I've ever had. Very cool. Yeah. And so what is a, a leadership coach? What does that mean? I think it's different things to different people. What I what I really try and do is is understand the roadblocks and challenges that people have, and give them a nudge in the direction that they're trying to go. Uh, oftentimes, they just don't know the questions to ask, or they haven't realized they already know the answer. And so, my job is to kind of help tease the answer out of them, not give them direction to go. Uh, but oftentimes, it's it's simple things like. Hey, where are you now? Okay, what are your goals? Got it. To get from where you are to your goals, what are some things you think you need to do? And some people just don't think that way uh, or, or they don't think that they have the capacity to think that way. So my job is to help them realize that they're much smarter and much more capable uh, than they give themselves credit for. Cool. Well, one thing that I thought we might start with to get to know each other a little better is a couple of would you rather questions. I'm sure you guys have done would you rather questions before. Um, so my first one is, would you rather relive 24 hours from any day in the past or glimpse 30 seconds of any day in the future? I think uh, I, I would vote for the past. Uh, I, you know, I, was, uh, I have some really fond memories of uh, spending time with my grandparents who I was really close with. And 
so being able to go back and you know spend a day with my grandfather, who's like one of my favorite people ever, um, would be awesome. Well, I would take the opposite. I think I, I'm a sci-fi fan, so when I hear like relive 24 hours in the past, I'm like butterfly effect. I don't know. I think I can change a thing, but maybe it would go wrong and unintended consequences. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess I would do the future one. I'm not sure what I would do with that information, but I guess it depends on what I saw. Well, I'm surprised that you would choose to go to the future because, you know, being a historian, I figured maybe you would like to go back to the past and experience one of these, you know, events in history or something. Yeah, but I guess there's so, I, as a historian, I know how just the such singular decisions have these massive, like, resulting potential yeah. changes and so forth. And uh, it just, honestly, just gives me anxiety, <laughs> the idea that I might mess something up. <laughs> sure, sure. But yeah, it would be really cool um, to just see what, like, my city, Philadelphia, was like you know, 100, 200, 300 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So as long as it was safe and you couldn't mess things up, then sure. maybe past would be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If it was like just watching, if I was like a non-participant. Yeah. Cool. Neat. And I also feel like, you know, going forward would be interesting just because, you know, we know a lot about the past. We don't know everything about the past, obviously, right? We think we know everything sometimes, but <laughs> we don't. But we know a lot about the past, so you kind of have some idea of what that was like. I have no idea what the future is going to be like, right? So it would be kind of interesting. All the thirty seconds is not very long. You'd, you'd get there. You'd be there just long enough to to have lots of questions, probably, <laughs> and not actually learn anything. So. Uh, although you know you could go to the future and see some of your your descendants or something, which would be kind of interesting. You know, you're... yeah. All right, cool. So the next would you rather? This one is so we're assuming we are in the past for this one. Would you rather have escaped the Black Plague in the 1300s, or have survived the eruption of Pompeii? Okay, I know my. Um, neither one would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, I, I'm I'm I am Italian, so I I would go with Pompeii. Okay. What I really want is like pre-eruption Pompeii because like such a, it was so cool. They had like takeout food. It was amazing. Well, and um, if you have survived the eruption of Pompeii, that implies that you were in Pompeii at least for a for little a bit before it happened, right? Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not necessarily tra 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 time traveling to then. Maybe it's you had lived then or something. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, my inclination was after the Black Plague, just because there was a time of huge economic upswing uh, because so much of the population had died. But it also mm -hmm. wasn't a super great time to be Jewish in Europe. So, you know, it's a balance. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, neither one would be uh, a fun thing to go through, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's assumed that you're surviving. You're, you're escaping the plague, surviving the eruption. So... All right, cool. Well, so you may have noticed a little bit of a theme with our Would You Rathers. There's some time travel stuff going on. And my my question, my hypothetical, is related to that. So um, before we get to the actual question, I, I've seen a lot of headlines in the past few years. There was a TikTok thing last year with this time traveler supposedly from the year 2000, uh, 
what was it, 2671, and he had six bizarre predictions for 2023. And then there was another headline, Time Travelers from 2027 share footage claiming there's no sign of human life. So we've got these people in our present day who claim to be time travelers from the future coming back, right? So my question is, if you traveled back in time, somehow you've got some time machine and it sends you back in time to the past and you arrive with no clothing, no other items from today, but you just will say you happen to show up right next to some laundry hanging on a wash or something. So, so you've got clothes, but they're you know of the day. How would you prove that you were from the future? You know, we have these people that claim to be from the future and we don't believe them, of course. If you had gone back in time, you're back to 1700, 1600, 1500, whatever. How are you going to prove that you're from the future? I mean, the big thing, I, I said I'm a sci-fi fan, so I've actually thought about this Sure, yeah, too yeah, much. yeah. <laughs> the big thing is saying something that is going to happen soon that is not um, extraordinary. Yeah, so predicting the future, essentially. Yes, yeah, so like if I go to like 1750 and I'm like, I had a thing that sat in my pocket that had all of human knowledge in it um that's just like you're just nuts um but if i happen to be lucky enough to be in a time and a place where i can be like oh well there's gonna be this political event right if you're in 1776 and you can talk about the 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 start of the revolutionary war or something like that yeah yeah or the declaration of independence or something yeah Right. And John Hancock's going to sign his name real big at the bottom, you know, something like that. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> something specific like that that's not, uh, yeah. Um, and I, I suppose it depends somewhat on how far back you go. Um, because I think the predicting something in the future thing, lots of people were doing that anyways. And I wonder if people would just think you were some sort of, you know, witch or something you know like oh are they're magic instead of yeah you know. i mean i think that's where the specificity is important because when you talk to people who are like fortune tellers and stuff it's usually like there will be good fortune in your future right, so right. it's, it's very, real vague like, general so i think that the specificity is really important but, but even if you have something specific and it comes true are they gonna believe that you time traveled or are they gonna just think you are some sort of You've made some deal with the devil or whatever, you know. I, mean. <laughs> I think it depends on the era. Um, so, like seventeen seventy six, I think that uh, it could go either way depending on where you are. In Philadelphia, I think there was enough like interest in science and so forth that I wouldn't necess- they wouldn't just jump to like devils and stuff. Um, but it depends on who I meet, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely makes a difference. Not necessarily going to run into Ben Franklin, you know. Might get that weird guy who lives on Water Street who's going to get yellow fever in a couple of years. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess that also depends on if you happen to be close in time to an event that you know <laughs> specifically <Right>. about, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, because even there's a lot of events that we might know the year that it happened, but not exactly when or. Well, and also like not everybody knows everything that's happening, even in their city. 
Um, and this is this is a uh, <laughs> a pet peeve of mine is people will sometimes be like, "Oh, you're a history person. Tell me the name of." George Washington's third favorite horse. And I'm like, I, I don't right. know, man. You you know everything about history, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you have Google. I, I'm going to Google it. So, you know. <laughs> um, so right, if it right. is some time that I have not really researched, I'd be lost. <laughs> yeah, because you might be like, oh, it's, it's 1720. So sometime in the next 15 years, this thing happens, but I can't remember right. exactly when. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, no, I skipped that day of American history. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anthony, with your uh, military background, I assume you've been thrust into some situations where you had to think on your feet and come up with a solution quickly. Um, this seems like sort of like that, a little different, but you're, you're thrust into, the, the, into history. How are you proving you're from the future? Yeah, there's, I, I've certainly probably had uh, handfuls and handfuls of situations where I've had to think on my feet in the last 15 years. Um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, I would agree with her answer. I, I think being able to, to speak intelligently about something that's relevant in the near term uh, and, and provide some level of clarity uh, for, the, for the general you know, population, I, I think it's also important to keep in context that uh, the further back you go, the less access to information people had. Uh, certainly the less people could read and write. And so you'd have to be able to explain something that was very basic to them in very basic terms uh, and, and something that was relevant to them. Uh, you know, talk, if you happen to be in colonial America and you're talking about, you know, something that's going to occur in Japan, you, you're, you might as well be talking about something in outer space, right? Right, because uh, they're not going to know about it anyways to, to, to verify your, yeah. That's right. But to, but to your point, you know, if it was, you know, 1770 and you said, hey, in the, in the next five war years, you know, America is going to declare war on Great Britain and it's going to be over her independence or, you know, a few dozen folks are going to be shot in Lexington and Concord, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, on or about this day. Um, yeah, I think that would be something really relevant. It would pro probably give you some good street credibility. Yeah. So so then the big issue becomes being close enough in time to something that you know the date of, <laughs> right? Like if you don't show up right at the start of the Revolutionary War or some some major thing like that, are you even going to know what to predict? Yeah. Or something oddly specific. So like Revolutionary War would be perfect for me cuz like I'm a tour guide in Philly. This is like <laughs> Whether we like it or not, this is this is what we do. So, like, being able to say, like, oh, the first Continental Congress is going to meet in Carpenter's Hall would work. But, like, because I, do, I don't do dates. So, assuming there's not something happening soon that you know the date of, you know, let's say you show up in, I don't know, 1683, right? Some random time. Like, what's another? <laughs> what else can you do? I think you could probably try and connect the dots for people on a series of events. Uh, so you could you could say something that you personally witnessed, right? Um, I don't know. Pick 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 whatever thing you want, but it would have to be three or four. I think at a minimum, kind of sequential events to say, you know, I was present for this, or I remember this, um, or these things happened. You know, again, like very large, you know big picture things, you know, the world will go to war in 1914, it'll happen again in 1940. Uh, 
you know, in roughly 1900, people will create this machine that allows us to fly. So, you know, something along those lines where you can kind of walk that, you know, thing or think of a, an everyday thing that people use and how it's, how we know it today. Uh, so, you know, we went from horses and in carriages to, you know, sailing ships to steamships to steam locomotives to, you know, gas turbine ships or, you know, I think you just yeah. kind of have to make it super relatable. But are they going to believe you? Are they going to just think you're crazy? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. We're going to be in flying machines. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> you know. I mean, I think it's always important to remember people in the past aren't stupid. They just right. they just are working with less information than we have. Sure. So yep. I think assuming you have enough information to be able to connect those dots, like Anthony was saying, like, I think it'd be possible. I, I keep thinking about how language would potentially be a challenge. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. People just talk different. Even even going back 50 years, it's not as dramatic, but there's definitely differences, oh, yeah. right? Oh, my gosh. You don't even need 15 years. I was talking to some young person from Germany, and I used some slang that I picked up in Germany in 2002. And they had no idea what I was saying. Um, yeah, don't have to yeah. Go back my kids far. sometimes say, say things, and my wife and I are like, "What? What does that mean?" What? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, for sure. If you go back a couple hundred years, the language is going to be an issue. And like, just how you behave yourself. I actually, as a the thing that got me interested in history, there was a computer game that I had when I was a small child um, called Pepper's Adventures in Time, okay. and it was. I think they were going to try to make a whole series of these where Pepper goes to different time frames, but I was probably the only one who got this computer game because I'm a huge nerd. I've always been a huge nerd. But she goes back in time to colonial Philadelphia, and it's exactly your sort of scenario where she, like, lands next to a um, next to, like, a clothesline so she can get, like, modern clothes and... She, yeah, that way you can avoid yeah. the the problem of well, she's walking around naked. What do you do with her? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, she so had that's her clothes. Yeah. So if you like, oh, have she had her, her clothes. Walk, so, okay. Yeah. So if if she if you have her walk out of the alleyway before she changes, people are like, oh no, it's a girl in pants. Um, right. She has to, like dress right. up as a boy because she wouldn't have any access without that. But um, but she gets in all kinds of trouble just because she's like, you know, she she's she's a little bit of a troublemaker. Pepper, but she she'll talk back to these like British soldiers and stuff and things that like would not fly in 1776 um, that you could get away with. And I don't know when this was like 1995, something like that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not sure why you would need to prove you're from the future necessarily. Right. I mean, if you just found yourself in the past, maybe you would just pretend like you were from there and try to fit in. (laughs) Um, But but as you said, people would certainly know that you were a foreigner or something because of your, your accent, your, the way you talk, the way mm-hmm. you act. I wonder if there's some sort of um, science-y things that you could, you know, some sort of technological advancement that you could use to prove, like, if you go back far enough, you could try to say, well, you guys don't know about germs yet, but germs are a thing, and try to get someone with a microscope to prove that's a thing. And maybe that could help prove that you're from the future. I don't know. Or maybe they would just think, oh, this is a really smart person that <laughs> knows stuff that we haven't learned yet. I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it's tough because I, I think even 
if you were in the present but back in the future and you think of some major theories that people came up with, like the Earth isn't flat, the Earth revolves around the sun, Einstein's theory of relativity, right? Even in the present day with the amount of educated people that there were, there were plenty of people that were willing to dispute those things. Um, and, and it wasn't until, you know, repeated, you know, ships went over the horizon and they didn't fall into the abyss. Did people eventually say, okay, well, you know, maybe the world isn't flat. Uh, you know, we're not going to fall I mean, some off people still won't admit that, but. Well. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th I, yeah. I think it's a very, very small group, but there are still people who just, yeah. So, so yeah, I do wonder how would they, would that be evidence that you're from the future? Would they just not believe you? Would they not? That's why I thought of germs, something you could see in a microscope, something that you could potentially prove to sciencey people at least. I mean, right? I don't know if you could prove germs existed before I don't germ know if theory you can. existed. Um, I don't know. Germ theory yeah. was when that first came out, people were like, what there are little things we can't see right right like in fact what are you talking about um don't you know disease comes from bad air uh right. <laughs> my my question is is there something that i understand well enough to be able to demonstrate and explain right like like if i lived in a time pre lightning rods or whatever i could probably pull that off um but yeah. if but, but again, like the germs yeah. thing, I kind of know how, but I, but do I know it well enough to explain yeah. it to people who have no concept of that? I don't know if I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I sort of like, speaking of ships, um, sort of vaguely understand buoyancy, but like if somebody asked me to explain it, I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> like right, they used to right. put rocks in the bottom of ships. Why? For, for buoyancy. Why did that do that? I have no idea. Right. Stop asking questions. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's probably more Anthony's area of yeah. expertise. The other, the other thing that comes to mind is, you know, what, what math or science could you use to prove something? Uh, and depending on where you were, you know, could you use the basic, um, you know, Newton's laws of physics on a, on a writing tab or a chalkboard with someone and, and write an equation out and then show them why the equation is true? Right. Or or find enough people that understood the, you know, mathematics language. You could get everybody in a room and say, hey, I, I know you don't know this yet, but F equals M.A. Right. And let me let me explain to you what F equals M.A. is and then break it down for them. And then maybe you could, you know, get enough consensus of people in the room to go, oh, well, that's possible. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's challenging. And then that, again, that goes back to do, you know, I know F equals MA. I, I, I actually have an engineering degree, so I learned quite a bit about forces and things. And But do I understand it well enough to go back in time several hundred years and use it to explain? I don't know. I don't know. That's Yeah, that's why I picked the F equals MA because I'm an engineer too. But if, if I had to go back and talk to somebody about uh, multivariable calculus or thermodynamics or is something like, no sorry you, you get the wrong guy from the future <laughs> yeah yeah i could i could you know maybe get by on a a, a test to kind of fake my way through it but to know it well enough to explain it to somebody else especially from the past that doesn't have that um you know they're like as as fega said they're, they're smart people back in the past they were not dumber than us but they didn't have the knowledge that we have right all the the years and decades of 
centuries of, of this building. And so um, they're kind of starting from scratch and that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would have to be something that they've already done some work around because I'm just imagining like, like if you went to the black death Europe and started talking about germ theory, like there's, there's no way like you, there's nothing you could do <laughs> that would convince anybody of that. Um, but if you are trying to, I don't know, explain how forces work and you're in 15 something something or whatever, you know, there's people doing that work. So you might be able to find someone who knows what you're talking about. Um, sure, yeah. There's always people who are just like ridiculous, though. One of the people we covered on the podcast was um, oh, uh, Augustine Fr Fresnel, who invented the Fresnel lens that was used in... Um, it's using a lot of things, but it's it's in this case we were talking about lighthouses, um, and there were, there were these there were these guys in the science academy in France who just would not would not accept that light was in waves. These were like some of the smartest people in the world at the time, and they were like, "Nope, light is particles." I don't care what you show me. <laughs> Lights are particles. Light, uh, light being a wave or a particle is kind of a, uh, an interesting thing because it's kind of both depending on how you want to test it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, when I did the research, there was a huge amount of research where I read a whole thing and I'm like, I have no idea what I just read. Um, physics is not my... It's, it's kind of a particle and a wave, which is really... Light is kind of a weird thing like that. It's sort of its own... I don't know. It it doesn't fit with anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I think the correct answer is we don't know what it is, really. That's one of those things that someone from the future could maybe explain to us to prove that they're from the future, right? Indeed. I just know a Fresnel lens works because he yes. did the math. Yes, yes. That's all I got. <laughs> so so do you think it's it gets easier or harder the farther back in time you go? Oh, harder. Harder? Yeah, again, I think it's, it's the struggle to relate, right? Relate things that we know now to, you know, if you went back to 1900, there, there's enough commonality between now and the last 100 years where you could, you know, hey, I know, I know Ford just came out with the Model T, but in the not so distant future, you can drive a car at 200 miles an hour. That, that might make people's head explode a little bit. But that's very different than going back to, you know, 1100, you know, in Western Europe and saying, you know, I don't know, pick your topic. People are like, wow, that's, that's just, that's so far out of my, you know, get up, do my farming, go to church, da, 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 come home. Like that's so far out of my, my thing. I'm, I'm, I lost you. I mean, and even those commonalities, like you said, go to church, like how, what Catholicism, assuming, because it's Europe, so what Catholicism looked like in 11-whatever is wildly different from what it looks like now. So, like, even if you're, like, really get that stuff, like, just how we conceptualized how matter worked was wildly different. Like, transubstantiation, like, there's so much, like, philosophy around that that has changed in the last thousand years. Um mm -hmm. There's just so much. <laughs> and even your F equals MA example, if you go back far enough, you know, pre-algebra, they don't even 
under, you know, they're not even going to understand what that means as an equation and variables and stuff, right? Because they just didn't think of math the same way. And like, I don't even remember what year it is that zero was, the, the concept of zero is relatively recent. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's mind blowing to me that people didn't have, like, <laughs> you know, that's like almost like saying, well, it used to be that people didn't know that water existed. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you, like, what? It's just like a thing. How do you not have a zero? I, I don't know how. I'm not sure how you do stuff without a concept of zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just I so mean, they weren't doing a lot in Western Europe at that time. So sure. <laughs> uh, it was like the Middle East. They were like, and I think it was in Iraq. Well, what's now Iraq? They were like have some algebra and western europe was like we just lost an absolutely stunning amount of our population to a plague right. yeah yeah <laughs> and we're blaming it on all various strange things yeah i, th I think what would be what would be more interesting to me if i was able to go back in time would be to to see and understand how they did things in that day things that we now through the lens of history, look back, you know, I'll, since we're talking about Catholicism, I'll say, you know, if, if you were in Rome at the time when the Vatican was being built, right? No calculators, no computers, no modern construction equipment to, to, to be able to just stand there and go, wait a minute, we're doing this whole thing by hand? Like, you know, for, for us as, as modern day, you know, perhaps somewhat more educated uh, folks, that would be a super interesting thing to go back and see, right? How are you actually doing this without the modern things that we had? Yeah, not even be able to, like, trigonometry and calculating your angles and all that stuff that we're used to doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it, yeah. it brings up the question of, like, what is educated? Like, if you told me to go build a house, I, I mean, today I might know where to look to get information on how to do that. Yeah. Um, but if you put me in when the Vatican is being built, no idea, none. I'd be completely useless. Yeah. I also think it brings up the question of what type of education is valued at what points in human history, right? And I, I think there's, there's been some, uh, you know, sinusoidal uh, ups and downs of that. And I think, you know, certainly the... You know, the Industrial Revolution period, we saw that if you were, you know, considered to be educated, you had a trade. You could do something with your hands, right? You were a machinist or, or something like that. If you look back at the Renaissance period and, and Da Vinci and, and uh, those, those folks, uh, you, we, we would say, oh, well, they're, they're educated because they understand math and science. Um, and I think now it's kind of interesting that we find ourselves in the in this sort of questioning of what does educated really mean? Is it mean you have a four-year degree from a university or, you know, if you are a, an electrician who graduates from a trade school and, and then goes on to become a master electrician, I don't know. That's a pretty good education for me. I mean, I, you know, uh, you think of some of those basic things, right? Electricians, plumbers, even people that are, are car mechanics. Well, especially these days, my goodness. Yeah, you don't see many people changing their own oil in their driveway anymore, right? It's like, oh, I gotta take, I gotta take my car to Honda because I don't, I don't understand this, or I don't have the computer to plug into this thing, or or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think education is also based on, you know, what we consider to be educated is also based on perspective and perhaps some bias. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, 
even if you understand theoretically how something works, it doesn't mean you know how to do it. Like, I understand how a car works. I understand how internal combustion works. But I I still bring my car in. Um, especially now that I have a Fiat, I thought I was going to change my own filters. And then I looked up how to do it and said, no, 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 no. That involves tools. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't have a driveway. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think... Some some people think of educated as like knowing lots of things, right? Oh, they they're they know lots of facts. They're they're educated, but you know, I know some people who are good at memorizing things, and they've got all these lists of things that they could just spout off the years, the dates from the history. You know, oh well, this was in fifteen twenty three, and then in fifteen twenty five, this, you know, but but they don't necessarily understand. Um, the why or the concepts or you know um, how to how to apply that list of knowledge to other things and so are they more educated less educated I don't know yeah I, I think a lot of it's relational too you know I I would say uh, you know again I, I I went I have a you know bachelor's of science in engineering I did all these crazy math classes but I'm certainly not qualified to talk about, you know, multivariable calculus and other high levels of math, and I don't use it on a daily basis. So, so maybe there's an argument of, did, was it really value added? Uh, and I, I think back to my grandfather, my my mom's dad, uh, who grew up in Sicily in the early 1900s, 1920s, was one of six boys. Five out of six boys went to school and got a PhD or um, doctor. Um, MD or, or the equivalent, uh, which was rare in those times. And then the youngest uh, one of the boys stayed home and he was the one that inherited the farm and the olive oil making business and all, and all those things, but was considered uneducated. Yet when we look at processes like farming, making olive oil, wine, et cetera, those are very intricate processes. It's not something you can just you know, get on the Google machine and say, how do I do farming? And you, there's this magic recipe that pops up or how do I make, you know, good olive oil or good wine? It's not, not something you can just learn overnight from a book. Um, and, and so again, I, I, that's why I think education is, is very much perspective driven, uh, for that small town in, in Sicily, the youngest boy who could, you know, grow wheat, make olive oil, make wine, grow food, raise cattle, that was more important than, um, you know, the PhD level education that some of his brothers had um, for for very small, you know, niche things in life. Yeah, and like, also there's even just being able to you say like you can't learn some of these things just from reading a book overnight. Sometimes you the context you need is so important, especially this comes up a lot with historic recipes. This isn't something I know a ton about, but my it it just sort of floats across my you know my desk so to speak uh periodically where if you look at a a recipe from a hundred years ago they assume that you know things that we don't necessarily know um like i saw a food historian was talking about making a certain kind of pie that was designed to be able to be like taken with somebody when they you know went to work during the day or whatever go out in the fields and in the recipe, it said, you know, you put all this stuff together and put it in a coffin. And if I read that, I'd be like, I what? 
what does that mean? <laughs> like I can take some educated guesses given that we're making a pie, but it turns out a coffin is a very specific type of pie crust that doesn't like fall apart. So you can like hold it together. Um, so not crumbly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like I'm sure y'all as engineers are aware of the the whole Roman cement thing where we couldn't figure out how to make Roman cement and it turned out that when they said water, they meant seawater. Mm-hmm. And they didn't bother to write down seawater because... That was the only kind of water they had probably. <laughs> or just like they... Or they it, just knew to use water it, yeah. in that context, they knew that's what you meant. Well, and I've seen recipes before where it'll say something like make a roux to start off. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't know what a roux is, right? <laughs> yep. But it's sort of assumed that you know how to do that. I tried to make a quiche once and it came out watery every time. I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And it turned out the recipe, it's when it said milk, it meant whole milk. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it being, you know, 2008, I had 2% milk like everybody else. <laughs> um, but it doesn't work with 2%. You eat all that fat. Yeah, so yeah, there's definitely uh, cultural kind of assumptions that you need to know based on when and where you are and, 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 and where as well, right? So not just different time periods, but different parts of the world would assume different things like that. Like the Romans, you know, maybe it's assumed that it's seawater, but in other places they might not assume that. So I'd be so lost if I ended up in Rome. <laughs> I'd have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'd be lost most places, if we're being honest. <laughs> and most time periods too, probably. But uh, I feel like the farther back you go, the harder it would be to even explain to them the concept of time travel right like let alone convince them you're a time traveler are they even going to understand what time travel is like as a concept i wonder i don't know at what point is that even a concept that people are aware of i mean do we know what time travel is like well, that's a good point <laughs> we have we have some vague idea of you know, you're going to a different period in time, right? <laughs> but yeah, what does that mean? What does that, in what way? And how can that affect, like you were talking about going to the past and messing up the future. And, you know, if we go a thousand years from now and talk about time travel, people probably are like, well, that's 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 a stupid question to ask. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, who knows, right? Um, but yeah, I, I feel it's probably not too far back before they don't even have a concept of time travel. Yeah, or perhaps even a concept of time, right? I mean, it, well, it wasn't. In, it, it's only been in the last few hundred years that, uh, you know, for example, the way that we figured out latitude and longitude was through the hourglass, right? Understanding that there were sixty minutes in one hour, and what's that based on, and why, uh, and how does that affect the movement of ships across the world to help you navigate? And so if you go back far enough and you, you tell someone, you know, I, I'm from 300 years from now, people are going to go, I, I don't know what that means. I know the sun comes up right. at, in the morning and it goes down at night. That's my concept of time, right? There's no clocks. You could maybe do, it to say, years another way, like 300 harvests from now or something sure. that's an annual thing yeah, like yeah. that maybe. That's I don't right. know. Some other way to do that, yeah. Yeah, or even, I mean, we run into this. This is like kind of industrial revolution era thing that we're living through of like electric lighting and how that's changed our concept of how time works. So time is now this very mathematical thing. But I think about this as a relatively uh, practicing Jewish person of like, when does the Shabbos start? When 
the sun goes down. When so does the Shabbos end? The when there's year, right, there's th- when, when does Shabbos end? When there's three stars in the sky, um, and people have sat down and figured out when exactly the time is that those things happen in various places in the world. Um, but in theory, I should be walking out and looking up at the sky and seeing when I can see three stars. I absolutely instead do not do that. now you look at your phone and Google what time yep. is Shabbos end on I such have an and app. such day. Yep, <laughs> I have yep, an app. Yep. <laughs> it's called Zazim, um, and it tells me when to light candles. <laughs> yep, yep, that makes sense. That's just you know I, I so. Uh, Easter is a different time every year and it's kind of based on sort yep. of the lunar calendar, but it's a little yeah. different. And, it's a, and the only way that I know when it is is by Googling when is Easter next year. You know, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I look it up. That's how I know. Well, and different calendars have different ways of dealing with like right. leap years and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. like in um, the the calendar we use in Judaism, we adjust for leap years once every, I think it's like seven years or 11 years. Or yeah, you like add a whole month or something almost, yeah. don't you? Yeah, we do a second. We do we do a month over, <laughs> um, yeah. and so it gets really far off. I mean, it was like I remember when I was, was in a high school or college, we had Hanukkah the same weekend as Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because the year was about to reset. Yeah, and again, back with Easter and stuff, we have this year Ash Wednesday, which is the start of Lent, leading up to Easter is Valentine's Day, which is really early. Oh, that's it's usually lovely. not that early. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ash Wednesday is Valentine's Day. So that's that's a that's a combo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, different calendars. Yeah, I think there would be ways to I mean the it, no matter how far back you go, they have some concept of obviously days, right? The sun comes up and goes down. And I think they probably had some concept of years too, because you have the harvest. If nothing else there's always the harvest, right? They've always got to have some way to they have some sort of yearly, and maybe they did have harvest twice a year, so maybe then it's, you know, it kind of depends on where you are and how. Right, like do you have seasons? What they're growing and, but you still probably have seasons most places, right? Yeah, if you're at the equator, how do you? I have no idea. And you go back <laughs> far enough, you they might not even have a concept of years because they don't have seasons. Yeah, I, I have no know. idea how that works down there. Yeah. Just hope that you don't end up there, right? When you time travel. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, it's warm. Well, that's true. Yeah. Although there's no air conditioning. I don't know. Well, <laughs> no but if you ice, go on an island, no, it's okay. No, there's nothing. There's no <laughs> cooling system at all, really. <laughs> Although people have have had innovative ways of staying cool sure, for a long sure. time. I mean, I love in India, they've got all these like, I don't know exactly how it works. It's like the, there's like little cutouts in the wall that are cut out in certain ways that this causes the the air to go through faster mm-hmm. um, or something. I don't know. I'm the humanities person here. I don't know how any of this works. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cooling methods in, uh, in you know, Asia are not an area that I'm educated on. <laughs> yeah, but you know math. <laughs> it's That's really true. just math at the end of the day. Math, probably, yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, so let's flip it around then. Time traveler from the future claims they're from the future. We've got a few of these nowadays that we don't believe, and probably for good reason, but what would they have to do to convince you that they were a time traveler from the future? We're very skeptical people. I am anyways. I'm, you know, You guys probably are too. I think in general people are now... How? What would convince you that someone was a time traveler from 100 years from now? 
I mean, a real prediction, like a specific prediction, needs but to even come then, true. Would like, you? Would very you like? You, how many of those would you have to have before you actually? I mean, if they said next year, you know, I don't know. There's going to be a, a, a volcano eruption at this place, and it happened. Would you believe they're from the future, or would you think, oh, wow, that was lucky guess? <laughs> it depends on context. Like a volcano going off in a place that doesn't typically have volcanoes, I'd be pretty impressed. Um, like if you say a volcano went off in Iceland, that's not going to like impress me. Um, right, right. But if you say a volcano is going to go off in this, in, in, you know, Reykjavik that would be impressive yeah I wonder if we would actually believe them though or if you find some reason not to believe that they were from the future and time travel I don't know I think I would start out uh, very cautiously optimistic and then maybe after three or four events maybe I would just move into the optimistic mm -hmm. you know more likely you know this person is more likely to predict something that's going to happen than they're not but you know, I, nothing's 100%, right? And I, I think it, again, it depends on, you know, are you telling me who's going to win the Super Bowl or are you telling me some other, you know, major thing that would, would be, you know, totally out of left field um, where, where you couldn't look back and say, even with a volcano, you know, there might be enough math and science and empirical evidence to say, well, every 300 years, this volcano erupts and, you know, this was year 297 so we're kind of close to 300 i don't know maybe it's close enough you know um but I, I think maybe if you could if you could give me three or four things in the not so distant future and i could see that they're happening or or read about it or something yeah may, maybe i would maybe i'd move into the optimistic category uh, mm -hmm. not full not full believer but there's a podcast that I listen to now and again that every year they go to see a psychic in January and they write down everything that they predicted in a spreadsheet. And then in December, see how much they of it came true. See how much of it came true. And it's, it's notable that in January 2020, nobody predicted COVID. Wow. So that, that does seem notable. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like the, uh, I just heard this again the other day. It's an old joke, but. Um, I went to see a psychic. I knocked on the door. They said, who is it? And so I left. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And I mean, they would say that's not how it works. But like... <laughs> right, right, right. right. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think that's what it would have to be. Because also human memory is so variable. So I think it would have to be like those, like like Anthony said, like three or four things and like write it down. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how it's, it's, it's easy on this side to say, well, if they did this, this, and that, I would believe them. But on the other side of that, I, I do wonder if we would find some reason not to believe. You know, it's kind of like you see somebody doing a magic trick, right? And it looks like real magic, and you have no idea how they could have done it. But you're just like, well, obviously it's a trick, because it couldn't be real magic, right? And so is it, well, obviously there's some way that they got lucky with this guess, because they couldn't actually be a time traveler, you know? Somehow your brain comes up with a, uh, an, alternate, an alternate explanation, even if you don't completely understand it. I don't know how they did it, but they must have figured something out, you know? Well, and this is why, like, I, I probably have more in common with skeptics than anyone else, but I, I hesitate to call myself one because so many people in the quote-unquote skeptical community, it can become... They're, they're all possibility, like there's so many possibilities that are completely closed off, 
when it's really, to me, it's like those possibilities are remote. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I hear, oh, but yeah. yeah, like I hear a weird noise in my house. Most likely it's one of my cats. There is a possibility that it's right. a ghost. It's a ghost or something, yeah. Highly unlikely. But, you know, whatever teeny tiny, you know, 0.001% chance. I mean, it's still there. Yeah. Yeah, again, back to our, our flat earth people that we talked about earlier, you know. They'll do experiments sometimes oh, and incredible. it comes out to prove that it's not flat. But they don't say, oh, I guess I was wrong. They always have some alternate explanation because they just can't accept. I, that's I mean, my eventually, favorite part if, of flat earthers. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, yeah, eventually, Anthony, like you said, you know, you would start to get more and more, um, opti- you know, believe them a little bit more. But it would take, I, I feel like it would take quite a bit to convince to convince most of us. Um, some people doesn't take anything. You can just say you're a time traveler and they believe you. But I mean, extraordinary um, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. That's true. That's true. Yes. Yeah. So so then uh, you know back to us going back into the past, it would probably take a lot more to convince them than we think it would, right? Because you'd be like, well, let me tell you about this thing that's going to happen, and then you'll all believe me, and then that would happen, and maybe a couple people would believe you, but most people would still probably not believe you that you're from the future just because that that's such a hard thing to 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 accept right yeah i mean i just think about you know just put yourself in modern in modern day time right you you know lately i've had i think six people in the in the last month and change knock on my door and want to put solar panels on my roof right and so they're there telling me their pitch it's great renewable energy yamma yamma they go through the whole thing and you're kind of like meh I don't know. I mean, is my electric bill really going to change that much? Is there really no upfront cost? Am I really going to get all the tax breaks? And you kind of start, you know, just as something as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're all skeptics at heart. Uh, there, there's probably a few people who they they knock on their door and they're like, "Wow, this is great! Yes, let's do this!" You know, tomorrow, today. What you know? What's your first available? Um, but I think I think most of us. Uh, want to read the fine print. We want to understand the detail. We want to understand the how and the why. And so I think mo- I think most of us, uh, you know, go through that cognitive process, and we're we're skeptics at heart. Yeah, our our first instinct is to assume people are trying to take advantage of us, right? Yeah, I think a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. Because so many people are. <laughs> yeah. You've got the you know the email scams and the. You know, politicians making promises that they're not going to follow through on. And, you know, there's just so many things in life that feel like people are scamming you <laughs> that that's our, sort of our instinct a lot of times. Yeah. And also, like, one of my questions is, like, why why am I trying to convince people I'm from the future? Like, what is the situation sure, that sure. I'm in? Because, I mean, I feel like if I got thrown back into the past, I'd have bigger problems. Um, like, how do I eat? Where am I sleeping? <laughs> um, yeah, you'd be better off just to try and blend in. and. But also, like, you know, people never think about doing laundry in the apocalypse, but, like, you do need to do laundry during the apocalypse. Um, there's so much, like, when that, you know, green energy person comes to your door, it's like, yeah, I might be interested, but, like, I need to make dinner. Um, you know, I've got to scrub my floors, whatever it is. Like, this, we all have so many things we have to do that it's easy to just put things to the side that are too much cool 
All right. Well, I thought this was I thought this would be an interesting topic, and I thought you guys would be perfect for it. Obviously, we're not gonna be able to experience it and test it, so it's all hypothetical. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I hope, <laughs> that sounds I hope hard. Not. I'll, it'd be, it'd be re- on, on the one hand, I think it would be amazing to be around when time travel. I say when, as if it's eventually going to happen. But if time travel were uh, invented, but at the same time, like you said, it sounds hard. <laughs> I mean, I always think of it too. Of like, what I prefer to think about is like, what would a historical person coming to now think? And I sometimes yeah, someone like, going my, forward from the past yeah. to now, yeah. Yeah, like how cool would it be to show like Benjamin Franklin like this is this is what this is what happened like you yeah. you and especially someone this- like Benjamin Franklin who was you know again educated right but also like clearly he was very he was very smart he had a very good scientific mind and he would potentially be able to understand some of those things that you could show him yeah yeah and key to laying certain the foundations to things that are still around. Um, I've been sitting on this just because I haven't, there hasn't been a moment, but I happen to be right across the river right now from the most highly decorated, uh, battleship in U.S. naval history. Battleship New Jersey. Yep. So USS New Jersey is on the Delaware River. Speaking of going back in time, it's a very cool tour. (laughs) I definitely recommend it. Yeah. I've been, I've been to Philadelphia twice just for a couple of days each time. It was sort of part of a, you know. Washington D.C., Philadelphia, yep. New York kind of trip. And we're the we're the lunch stop yeah. between New yeah. York and D.C. <laughs> yeah, 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 kind of. We 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 were there for for two or three days, both times that I've been. Went to a Phillies game, so we were there long. Oh, enough. that's fun. <laughs> Phillies fans are a delight. <laughs> well, I'm a Cubs fan, but you know we we like to go to baseball games all over the place. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining me for this conversation. I appreciate it. You guys were great. Very interesting, as I expected you to be. Fega, why don't you tell everybody where they can find out more about you and what you do and your podcast and all the things. Yeah, so I'm D-Listers of History, no hyphens, basically everywhere. Um, but if you go to DListersofHistory.com, everything's there, or will be soon. It's I'm currently revamping the website, but you can listen. You can like, there's a link to listen there and stuff. It's got the, the key information. All right. And Anthony, where can where can people find out about you? I think you had uh, your LinkedIn maybe is where people want to go to. Is that right? Yeah, I, I use I use my LinkedIn for for most things. I, I am going to get a website together at some point uh, in in the free time that I don't really have. But uh, LinkedIn is <laughs> right. the best place to find me. Uh, I, I'm always happy to chat with people, and I, I get a chance to meet really interesting people every day. So um, I'm a huge LinkedIn fan. Yeah, and you're still active duty. Is that right? I am. Yep. Yeah, but but currently not out and about overseas. And not such. out. Not out and about. Full time student, which is great. Full time student. Okay. Okay. An engineering student, then I take it. No, I, I'm like? a student at the Naval War College, oh, okay. so pursuing oh, okay. my uh, master's degree in national security affairs. Yeah. Gotcha. So you already did the engineering. Now you're doing. The I did the engineering. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks. You guys have a good day. I'll see you thanks later. Too. If something happens one time, anomaly. Happens two times, it's like, oh, okay, maybe. But whenever there's a trend of 18 plus, 20 plus things being predicted, you got to go like, hey, grown it. The gig's up. We know. 
You're a time traveler. Just tell us. 